The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on Heavenly Authority. The focus has been on the Jerusalem Council, and Pastor has been reading from Paul's take on the Council from his letter to the Galatians. When we left off, Pastor Greg had read the Apostles' words in chapter 2, reviewing how false brethren, looking to bring the Christians in the Church of Antioch into bondage, had entered the Church and spied out the liberty that they enjoyed in Christ. Here is the author of the award-winning book for Bible study, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. So you have clearly, you see as you read the section of Galatians, Paul is very independent-minded. But it's to independent-minded Paul that the Holy Spirit gives a revelation go down to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders, knowing the outcome that would happen. In verse 5, he says, speaking about these false brethren, these false brothers, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. We did not yield submission even for an hour. And you can imagine the initial pressure to conform. You have here the faith of the Jews. The Pharisees are teachers of the law. Now you have Pharisees that believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the Messiah. They were probably very good at proving from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. You're among a church of thousands of Jewish believers, and the pressure is to conform. And why don't you just agree to it and have Titus circumcised and have the Gentiles at Antioch circumcised and let it go? But Paul, and you see the need sometimes of independence of mind, says, we did not yield. We did not yield submission even for an hour. Why? That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Truth is preserved. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is preserved. Paul knows that he knows the truth of God, and he must stand upon it and not let it be trampled upon by politics or false brethren or pressures from the outside. And you can imagine, he was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. He really could have got a lot of prominence in the church of Judea, right? Uh, he was ahead of all his peers in learning under Gamaliel, so if he just went along with it, that would have lifted up his position in the eyes of the Jerusalem church. But he didn't buckle under. He did not yield submission. You know, there's, time, there's a time to be submissive. The Bible tells us that. There's a good submission and there's a bad submission. And submission, when we have an attitude of awe for authority, that just because someone is in a position of seeming authority, we automatically yield to their demand and their will and their position. 
can put us in danger of breaking the truth of God, not submitting to God to please men, right? So being submissive one to the other, being respectful of authority, not purposely being a troublemaker, is good. Being submissive in that, even if you know something is true and from the Lord, you will push it down to please men who appear to be in a position of authority and might even have some legitimate authority is bad. Sometimes in the church we get caught up in concepts. Are we submissive Christians? And my question is always, what is the spirit behind it? Think three-dimensionally. What do you mean by submissive? Do you mean submissive to good, not being a troublemaker, respecting other people, respecting legitimate authority, and ultimately, most importantly, being submissive unto the King of kings, Lord of lords, amen, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, right? What do you mean by submission? Do you mean that automatically someone tells you to do something, just do it automatically because you're a submissive person, you're obsequious? Not always so good. If Paul was obsequious in this situation, the Holy Spirit had to work through him and Peter and James and those who were his to bring the truth of God out. And being submissive, obsequious in this situation would not have been a good thing. We did not yield even for now. Now, we're not speaking about strong-willed rebellion. Today you have this attitude that rebellion is good. You know, authority is bad. And anything accepted by authority or traditional has got to be bad. Uh, and, and, and the average American loves it because, yeah, that's authority, man. We want to rebel against authority. And whatever's rebellion against authority must be truth. That doesn't make any sense. That's, that's rebelling to rebel. And you can fall into a lie very easily. Rebellion for rebellion's sake can be very dangerous. He does not submit. Why? Because the truth of the gospel must continue with you. That's the most important thing, the truth of the gospel. And true authority will recognize and preserve the truth of the gospel. Isn't that what happens in the Jerusalem Council, right? They recognize it, and they preserve it. False authority will obscure it, as the false brothers do here. And then... If that's the case, you must take a stand against them no matter who they claim to be. It's a matter of submitting to God's authority. It's not a matter of just being rebellious against human authority. And Peter himself knows this, right? Why? Because you go back in the book of Acts, you go back past chapter 15 and past chapter 10, and you go all the way back to chapter 4 and verse 19, and you have Peter and John standing before the authority structure, right? The Sanhedrin. And Peter and John are told, don't you speak in the name of that Jesus. And Peter and John answered and said to them in verse 19, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than to God, you judge. You are leaders in Israel, but you judge. Is it right to listen to you more than to God? And then in chapter 5, they're back again. And verse 29, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So Peter's been there, right? And he knows it. When it comes when the authority is set against the will of God, it is better to obey God than men. Verse 6 of Galatians chapter 2, after he says that the truth of the gospel must 
continue, might continue with you. Verse 6, but from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. And you see how Paul, how strong and independent he is. For those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows personal favoritism to no man. And that's a critical point, right? Literally, it's God does not receive the face of a man. No man's face in God's sight is going to, he's going to say, oh, yeah, you, whatever you say, you're infallible. He's not going to do that. God shows personal favoritism to no man, no respecter of man. He does not receive the face of a man. Nobody can put themselves in a position of saying, I'm somebody special. I can decree it. God is above all men. So he says, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. And we've seen that, right? We saw that Peter and the apostles and James and the elders in Jerusalem will agree with Paul and Barnabas. They agree that this is the gospel that should be preached to the Gentiles. We've seen they recognize that they're men of God, Paul and Barnabas. They give thanks for it. They approve it. They send the letter to Antioch. They give a few stipulations, but they agree that they should not be placed under the burden of the law. And they agree with Paul and Barnabas. They add nothing to it. And he's making the point that it makes no difference to him because even if they hadn't, he would still know the truth. And do you think Paul would have stopped preaching the truth? Let's say you had a gross apostasy among the apostles. For some reason, you know, in ministries it happens, right? You have ministries that start off very well, very good. The men are right on target. And then something happens in their lives and they go, they go off, right? Let's say for some strange reason something had happened. Now, I don't believe it would have because Jesus foreknew and he established the 12. He knew those he called. Uh, he knew one of them, he knew what Judas was like, and the rest he knew what they were like. But had it been the other way, do you think Paul would have stopped preaching the truth? No. Their position was not going to stop him from doing what he knew was right in the sight of God. They added nothing to me. So he's also saying here, what, that he agrees with the letter they sent, right? He has no problem with them saying, you know, abstaining from sexual immorality, um, from idolatry, from strangled animals, from blood. That doesn't bother Paul at all because he taught them basically the same things. You would do well to do this. And that's what they say in that letter. You will do well to avoid, to abstain from these things. And Paul says the very same thing. In 1 Corinthians, men of God follow the truth. Paul follows the truth. Peter follows the truth, right? Men of God don't create the truth, right? They follow the truth. They recognize the truth. They receive the truth of God. They don't create the truth. They don't make edicts to say, well, now, this is what I say should be done, as in many religious organizations. Verse 7, but on the contrary, they added nothing to me, but on the contrary, when they saw, they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, 
Now notice, he's recognizing, they're recognizing his ministry to the Gentiles. What is he doing here? He's recognizing Peter's position as an apostle to the circumcised. He knows Peter is anointed by God. Verse 8, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. The apostle was seen by their work, the fruit they bore. Peter bore fruit with the circumcised, Paul and Barnabas with the uncircumcised. Peter silences the crowd and Paul and Barnabas get up and they speak about what the Holy Spirit's done. It's just amazing to hear. The work of God proves itself. We'll continue the message in our next broadcast. If you are in the Madison, Connecticut area, we welcome you to join us for our 10 a.m. Sunday service at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. You can find directions and information about our church on our redesigned website at www.shiarjashub.org. And there is a library of Bible study programs and articles to help you delve into God's Word. Greg Scalzo's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, has helped many understand the biblical principles necessary for an anointed prayer life. The book is available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com, and we have a link on the Shi'ar Jeshub site to Pastor's author page. The church website again is shiarjashub.org. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.